0: The wise person knows they never arrive at wisdom. The wise person understands you can never get enough wisdom. And so part of this series has been explaining to us that the wise seek wisdom. The wise want to be more wise. Those who are filled with wisdom desire to feed on more wisdom.
1: Welcome back to Live in the Light. We're so thankful, as always, that you've joined us here today and are expectant that God's Word, as it's taught verse by verse in your life, would result in radical transformation to the glory of God. Well, we're in the middle of our final two messages, in the middle of a great series, The Worth of Wisdom, as we've been seeing the treasure and the value of wisdom in our lives. And just a reminder, if you'd like to get a copy of the entire series, make sure you visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. And hey, while you're there, drop us a note of how God has been working in your life through this series. Frankly, we'd love to hear from you. You can also phone us up at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. All right, well, the worth of wisdom takes us to a new place today. Robbie, uh, where is it? Yeah, we're going to see there here wisdom for life, Craig. And really, I love what God's
0: Word does as we end this series today. God's Word unpacking so much of wisdom, so much of the blessings and the fruit of wisdom. It really calls for a final decision today. What God's Word does, it really holds up. You have two choices. You got wisdom or you have folly. You choose folly and you choose despair. You choose a messed up life. You choose wisdom. You choose blessing and righteousness and joy. It seems so simple. Why would we ever want to be fools? And yet, so often we do. So, listeners, listen today to what God is saying. We choose wisdom. We choose life. We choose wisdom. We choose joy. We choose wisdom. We choose Him. And it should be so simple, yet it's so hard. But that's why God's word instructs us. Wisdom is not for a week or for a month. Here, here, here. Wisdom is for life. And so take this message to heart. May we all, may we see it produce so much fruit within our lives forever.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, wisdom for life, Proverbs 9. And here again is Pastor Robbie with today's teaching.
0: Proverbs chapter 9 is where we will be uh, today together as we conclude this series. And as you're turning to Proverbs chapter 9, I kind of want to remind you that the agenda of the elders within this series was to overwhelm us all as to the worth and the value and the categorical blessing that is found within wisdom itself. And one of the ways this was explained is when you sit down to a meal and you find its delicious and nutritious. And I know lots of people here like to eat, amen? Like to eat, like to eat. And a meal that's delicious and nutritious. And you eat so much, though, because it's so yummy. And you eat so much, you get to the point where you're like, oh, man, I just I just feel so full. I can't take anymore. I mean, part of what we want to do in the series is to, is to feed you so much of what the Bible has to say about the power and the value of wisdom. At some level, you'd be like, oh, man, I can't take anymore. It's just too much. But where that illustration breaks down is the wise person knows they never arrive at wisdom. The wise person understands you can never get enough wisdom. And so part of this series has been explaining to us that the wise seek wisdom. The wise want to be more wise. Those who are filled with wisdom desire to feed on more wisdom. And I wanted to remind each of you as to how much God says about the power of wisdom within our lives as to its value and its blessings. So check this out. Just from Proverbs 2 and 3, this is what wisdom is. This is why it's so valuable. Wisdom understands the fear of the Lord. That's important. Wisdom understands righteousness and justice. Proverbs 2, verse 9. Wisdom enters and penetrates the heart. The heart is who we are. The heart is where we go. The heart is how we think and act. And so wisdom penetrates the heart of our being. Wisdom causes your soul to be pleasant. I mean, who doesn't want that? Pleasantness is found in the way of wisdom. The way of foolishness leads to anxiety and destruction and torment of the soul. Here's what wisdom also does in Proverbs 2 and 3. With wisdom, discretion watches over you. That's powerful discretion we find it and it watches over us as we walk proverbs 2 11 again with wisdom understanding guards you wisdom protects us from evil of our day again right there in chapter 2 verse 12 it delivers you from evil sign me up it delivers you from lustful evil sign me up as well as what wisdom does notice chapter 2 verse 20 wisdom causes you to walk in the way of good just just we're still in one chapter in the book of proverbs it causes you to keep paths of righteousness it leads to favor and Good success. Wisdom leads to favor. Wisdom leads to success in the sight of God. Favor in the sight of God and of man. This is what wisdom does because it's from God Himself. Wisdom is so valuable. Check this out. Here's the next one. Wisdom makes your path straight, please. Wisdom heals your flesh. Wisdom refreshes your bones. Sweet. Sweet. That's awesome. Wisdom eliminates fear because you're. Focusing on what God says and thinks, and you see God, you're not afraid. Wisdom does this it causes you to sleep well. Remember that from week one? All in favor? All in favor? Oh, yeah. Sleep well. Sleep well. Wisdom helps you. Why? Because you're at peace. Because you know you're in the ways and the will of God. And when you know you're with God, you're good. You're good. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. If God is for you, who can be against you? Good sleep. Good sleep. This is what wisdom does. Wisdom does not fear evil. Wisdom, trust the Lord. Wisdom invites the blessing and the honor of God himself. Wisdom, loved ones, is so valuable. Wisdom is so important. Wisdom cannot be ignored. I mean, if you have any sense of wisdom, you will be eating it up as much as you possibly can. Wisdom is everything. And so this is what we've been doing. We're trying to comprehend and value the worth of wisdom. And what we learned today is wisdom is not just a season. Wisdom doesn't end here as the series ends. Wisdom, here's our sermon title, wisdom is for life. And that sermon title carries a double meaning right now. Wisdom is for the extent of our lives. It carries on as long as you're here, pursue wisdom. But also the other meaning is wisdom leads to life itself. We're going to hear that today again. Wisdom is finding life itself. Wisdom, we see the blessing and the honor of God, which is life again in itself. So may our minds and affections be convinced and therefore determine our wills as to how valuable wisdom is. We're going for one, one more kick at the can, one more lap around the track this way. We're coming hard right now. Proverbs 9 is gonna come right out. Of this. She's calling out, man, today. She's like, hey, you gotta come. You gotta come hang out with me because I wanna bless you. And so I'm praying that's gonna happen today and more and more and more of us will be like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I'm getting on the bus. I'm getting on the bus. Don't leave me behind wisdom. I'm coming to your house. I'm gonna eat at your meal. I wanna live as you would have me live. Amen, church? May it be so. Let me pray for that Uh, right now. Father, I pray as you invite us to yourself today, we would accept the invitation. I pray, Lord, as you slow down right before us and say, you wanna get on this bus? I pray, say, yeah, I do. I absolutely do. I pray, Lord, as your word is so clear and this invitation is so strong, That each of us, Lord, would be looking so with such clarity and enthusiasm and passion and say, Wisdom calls, I need to, I need to respond. At the same time, foolishness calls in our world. The text is going to tell us that today. And I pray we would be so filled with wisdom, we would see the destruction of foolishness and run in the other direction. There are people here today, Lord, that their choice today, the choice is theirs today. Will it be wisdom or will it be folly? And I pray, Lord, I pray the choice at the end would say, without a doubt, I'm choosing Christ, I'm choosing wisdom. I'm choosing honor. I'm choosing life. How foolish we would be to disregard you. But I pray right now, we would embrace you and love you for your glory in our lives. In Jesus' name. If you agree, love it, amen. All right, Proverbs 9 is where we are today. And as we do that, let me remind you of context. Proverbs 9 is the climax of the first nine chapters. Proverbs 9 also ends the first major section within Proverbs. Proverbs 9 also is giving a choice to the reader. It's a call for a final decision. Chapter 9 is pretty amazing because what chapter 9 is doing. Chapter 9 has wisdom and folly rivaling one another. So wisdom's calling out, "'Come, meet at my house.'" Folly is also calling out, rivaling wisdom, saying, no, no, come eat at my house. And so they're trying to recruit. Wisdom's trying to recruit followers, and folly is trying to recruit followers. That's what wisdom is doing today. She's saying, listen, listen, I offer you life. Come, come, dine at my house. And folly's saying similar things, but what she conceals, folly conceals, is that in the end, she offers death. And we're gonna see that in God's word today. But she wants to look like it's to make great promises and great blessing. But the reality is the folly of this world promises, conceals death, but the end will be death. But wisdom offers life, a world of difference. So today we have a simple outline, but a life-changing outline, I pray literally for people here today. Here's point number one. The way of wisdom is the way of life. The way of wisdom leads to life. Look at Proverbs 9, verse one. Proverbs 9, verse one says, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She's also set her table. Notice, she has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. And here's what wisdom says. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, and here's her message. Come eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. And here it is, she says, leave your simple ways and live. To many of us today, leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Notice that these verses here represent an invitation to wisdom from wisdom. Wisdom is saying, come, come, live in my house. And remember, we've learned in previous weeks, this is woman wisdom, pursuing the young man. The context is a a father to his son. And we've learned here, as the father says, son, in the same way that you desire to have a a wife one day with with a passion for her and a desire for intimacy with her and just a longing to be with your wife for the rest of your life, the father says, in the same way, pursue woman wisdom, the intimacy, the passion, because a relationship with her leads to life and honor, and blessing. And so we are to pursue wisdom with passion in the same way that she pursues us in this text with passion as well. And so notice the details of wisdom's house in verse one. Notice wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. Now the mention of seven pillars is explaining that wisdom's house rocks. Wisdom's house is magnificent, magnificent, it is a beautiful house. Listen, it is a strong house. The use of seven here in scripture often symbolizes perfection, pointing to Yahweh himself. So if in doubt, understand this, okay? Understand this. Wisdom's house is God's house. When you walk on the path to wisdom, you're walking on the path to God. Where wisdom dwells, God dwells. Where God dwells, wisdom dwells. Wisdom's house is God's house. I'm telling, you, you've got to get to God's house. You got to get to the house of wisdom because you find wisdom, you find the will of God. You find God himself. Where wisdom is, God is Loving you got to get to wisdom's house. You got to get to God's house. How? Through wisdom. That's verse one. In verse two now, we see that wisdom's cooking a meal and she's a good cook, okay? She's a good cook. Notice, not just any meal, but a banquet. She has slaughtered her beasts, referring to meat, Meat was a luxury in Solomon's time. Now listen, wisdom only provides the best for her guests. You knock on, you knock on wisdom's door, you get ready for a feast because she's about to deliver okay? She doesn't hand you some like, you know, a cup of water and a few crackers or something like that. She spreads it out, man. The best is found in wisdom because wisdom is found in the Lord and the Lord is found in wisdom. God will never, ever disappoint us. I mean, he is the one who provides us with the riches of eternal measure in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the path to wisdom. She slaughtered her beast and notice this, she's mixed her wine. That is symbolizing a celebration a celebration of joy, a celebration of life. When you enter into Wisdom's house, man, you are fed and you are celebrating because you are in the presence of God and you know his way and you love his will and you are filled with joy and life. She slaughters her beast, she mixed her wine. She sets her table, which means this. Everyone who shows up at Wisdom's house will find a seat. No one will be turned away. Every person who genuinely desires to feed at the table of wisdom, they will find a place setting for them. It's prepared for them and ready and they will not be left disappointed. Every person in this room right now who truly desires the path of wisdom and longs to see Christ and to love God, you, my friend, you, my brother, you, my sister, you will know the table that is set for you in the ways of wisdom. So that's verse two. Now notice verse three. Wisdom takes her action outside now. Her house is prepared. The table is set. The meal is ready. Now all she needs is some guests. And so notice in verse three, she sent her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Wisdom goes out. She wants to be heard. The young women go out. Wisdom won't be left out. She stands up. She stands up and she's like, hey, listen, you got to listen to me. You got to listen to me. You got to listen to me. She's calling out for wisdom. She wants to be heard because her message is too important. The light that she offers is is too great and too wondrous. we got to wake up and hear the call for wisdom. I'm pretty sure I just saw someone sleeping. No, no, wake up. Wake up. You can't sleep in this place. Come on now, all right? you got to wake up. Wisdom's calling. Wisdom's calling and it wants to see you alive in him and alive in the Lord and alive in her. How awesome this is. She calls people to herself. And now look at, at verse four now. Here's her message. Whoever is simple, let him turn and hear. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat my bread. Drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Now, I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice that in verse four with wisdom and compare that with verse 16 now with folly. So woman folly calls out in verse verse 16 and woman wisdom calls out in verse, notice those verses are identical. See that? They're identical. What is this telling us? Well, it tells us a lot of things, but it tells us that folly is competing with wisdom and folly is so deceptive. It makes her message sound the same, but but looking for the, the same people. They're both trying to recruit people to their message and their way of life. The one is offering life again. The one is concealing death. The battle was on then of wisdom versus folly and the battle is on now in our day of wisdom versus folly. The choice is yours, loved ones. The choice is yours. But listen to what wisdom says in verse five. Wisdom says, eat my bread and drink my wine. Come, eat my bread. Leave your simple ways and live. Walk in the way of wisdom. Now, it's hard for me to say verse five and not think of eat my bread and drink my wine. It's hard for me not to think of Jesus Christ. It's Hard for me not to think of the gospel. Come eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Now, on one level, a meal offered in Proverbs represents great intimacy. Wisdom wants a very close relationship with you and I. Why? Because when wisdom has us so close, wisdom can speak into our thoughts Wisdom can turn over our affections towards the Lord and wisdom then can determine our wills. The Bible explains to us that our thoughts, our affections, our mind, our affections and our wills is our heart. Wisdom wants your heart. Because when wisdom has your heart, again, she starts to direct your mind and your affections turn over to Christ and your wills are aligned with God. And when wisdom has that, wisdom has you and you are aligned with the Lord and you are blessed. See, wisdom's only in it for our best interest. I mean, that's her motivation. I wanna bless you. I want to bless you. I want to offer you life. I want to see you satisfied. I want to give you rest. I want to see you inherit riches, honor, and life found in Jesus Christ alone. That's the motivation for wisdom. So in one sense, come eat, come drink. There's come be close. Come, let's be in a relationship where we're changed and you're transformed. But invitation to wisdom, of course, biblically is invitation to Christ. An invitation to Christ is an invitation to life. Notice the parallels Jesus said in John Chapter 7, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Jesus said in John 6, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus says in John 6, whoever feeds on my flesh bread and drinks of my blood wine has eternal life. And he promises and I will raise him up on the last day. Come eat my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed And here is wisdom pleading for the simple to live, pleading for those who truly want life, to find life in her, to find life in Christ. This is very, very important for us in our day, loved ones, because we are living in unstable times. We are also living in exciting times, And notice what wisdom does. She sends out the young women to call, to gather the simple. Jesus sends out his disciples to go and gather the simple to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the message of wisdom, to proclaim the message of life. Young women, woman wisdom sends out, Jesus sends out, and we are Jesus' disciples. So we learn here that we are God's agents, saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, to declare the message of the gospel. And now is the time to do it. We are God's agents of calling out to the simple you who are wondering and questioning and can't find their way come and receive wisdom of jesus christ we are god's agents in the message of reconciliation for the gospel and loved ones i implore you right now i've thought about this so much recently use the uncertainty of our day use the instability of our world use the fear that people are feeling and embracing use that as an advantage for the gospel of jesus christ Use that right now. People, people slowly are becoming distracted by their idolatry. They're coming, distracted from their idolatry, the love of money and the obsession with entertainment and the love of self. There's enough things happening right now across our world, whether ISIS in the Middle East and nations going to war with other nations or the Ebola thing breaking all over the place or events in our very own nation right now. There's enough things happening at a faster and faster rate and natural disasters all over the place as well that people are starting to look up just long enough from all their obsessive idolatry to look up just long enough and be like, what's happening out here? What's happening around here? Right? And they're starting to look at, that's our opportunity right there. That is a huge opportunity. There's so many people thinking about life and wondering questions they have inside. Little ones, we have the answer. We have the answer in Jesus Christ. And we can use these opportunities in conversation. Just be like, hey, if you, if you look around the world around, right it's pretty crazy, huh? It's pretty crazy. I'm just like, yeah, man, it really is. This like last week the shootings. What, what's that all about? And there's like, there's like a religion forming over the Middle East that's convincing people over here to go kill people. For, what, what's up with that? And the Ebola thing. Like, just, what do you think about that? Have you thought about that? Is it, is you, is it changing how you? And let the conversation begin, and then praying for an opportunity right now to move and say, have you ever thought about life as a whole and why all this is happening and why so much is centered on the Middle East? And have you ever thought about purpose and life and meaning and Can I tell you what I think? Those conversations are at a premium right now. The opportunity is ever, I'm telling you, man, who who needs to be in church next Sunday? I mean, who do you need to talk to this week that that you know that this is a reality that we have a huge, huge opportunity to share our message of Jesus Christ and the faith that we have of the gospel when people are looking up just long enough from their drunken stupor to say, what is this world about? What is, listen, listen, God's elect are out there. They are waiting to hear the message. They're waiting for someone with beautiful feet to come up to them and share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. This is our opportunity right now. There's an urgency that we need to consider right now and to spread this and to use this to the advantage of the glory, (coughs) the glory of God. The Bible promises among all the hard things that are going on, the Bible also promises the gospel will be proclaimed to all nations. That's the exciting part in the midst of the, unstable parts. Look at verse 10 now. Verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord. Now, we, this is what we need. You see, it comes back to the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me, your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. Now, I love God's word. I love how it weaves a beautiful thread through its pages. And once again, look here, the fear of the Lord leads to wisdom. Wisdom leads to life. Fear God, find wisdom, find life. In Proverbs four times, the fear of the Lord is directly related to either giving life or is life itself. This is what we need to be used of God right now. Proverbs 10, the fear of the Lord prolongs life. The wicked will be cut short. Next verse, Proverbs 14, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord gives us wisdom, gives us gives us life, gives us boldness in this. Here's the next verse. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Whoever has it rests satisfied. What a promise that is, and will not be visited by harm because your life is secure in the Lord and in Jesus Christ. And here's the next verse here, Proverbs 22. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and tell me, tell me, life, and life. The fear of the Lord is what leads to life. And so, again, I want to share my heart with you today because I've been feeling and sensing a great urgency upon my life. My wife, Jill, will tell you that for sure. I'm talking and thinking and praying about our days a lot because loved ones, I mean, again, the things I just mentioned globally, you got to look up and long enough to look around and just just like, wake up, wise up. Like, like there's, it's hard to find a reason to not be urgent today. There's so much going on in gaining perspective. We gotta be ready and for it to change our desires and to live with that urgency that matters with wisdom for the gospel. I was talking to a good friend this week and he works for a big company downtown Toronto. And, and he told me, he's like, I have a mandatory work at home day today. And I was like, a mandatory work at home? What's up with that? Why would they do that? He says, well, it's the business continuity department, this whole department set aside to plan for disasters that might hit the world and hit the city or hit the nation or whatever. And so what they wanna do, the the company set up all these, all these design and parameters to make sure that their employees, if they had to stay at home, they could still get the work done and the company could still function in light of disasters and evil and whatever it might be. That's amazing. I said, wow, whole department set aside for this? He's like, yep. Yeah. And I'm like, so the world is waking up to the reality of what's happening. The world is aware that these times are not normal. And they're, they're, there's a sense, loved ones, there's, there's an urgency even in our world. If we don't feel it, what's wrong with us? Come on, right? If we don't sense this if we're not waking up, I mean, that, 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 that's a tragedy. Look around and just notice what's happening. Are we prepared? And so the urgency then, what it does for me, when I feel urgency, I get excited because as I get urgent and I get excited, I start to see things clearly. I see the idol for what it is. You're nothing. You're evil. You have no value in my life. I see the glory of God more clearly. You're everything. You're glorious. Live for you. I see the things that have no value in our lives. I see what is true. And why would I live for that when I could live for this now? Life is short. Christ is coming. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time. Preach the gospel. Live for Christ. Worship him. Give him your life. Give him your all because all that counts when he comes back is him as well. But this is... Amen. This this is what perspective does. Urgency, perspective, and wisdom. And when wisdom comes into my life and heart, everything simplifies. Because all of a sudden, all the details don't really matter. All of a sudden, it's like, what is most important? What am I living for? And what God has done in my heart in the last month or so, he's given me five things I'm praying for on a frequent, frequent basis, based on wisdom and simplicity. Because when I do these things, I know I'm in God's will. I wanna share them with you just as pastor right now. I wanna share my heart with you, whether they're hopefully helpful to you, but just to let you know where I'm at, the things I'm praying for, I believe if we pray for these things, are very simple. We pray for these things as a church, look out, look out, Satan, look out. Those who oppose, look out because the light is gonna shine. So here's what I'm praying for in my life and I just wanna encourage you with these. They're really simple. First one's this, Lord, give me a burden for prayer. I've been burdened to pray for prayer. I've been praying this a lot recently. Lord, I, wanna, I want you, because here's the thing. I could try to fire you up in prayer for a couple of minutes and stuff, but the reality is, if it's not of God, it will only last for a couple of minutes but if we pray for prayer and God, would you, would you in me burden me with a sense of prayer? Every morning I get up, man, first thing, like for my feet hit the floor, knees hit the ground. I, God, give me a burn for prayer. Give me a heart for prayer. Give me a heart for prayer. Give me a heart for prayer. And as he does it in us, then what happens, man? Then him in us, we start to see and a desire to pray. I'm, I, I want to warn you too. I'm specifically praying for prayer prayerers in our church as much as ever, that God would call men and women and children specifically to pray with a burden to seek the Lord during services, before services service. Just in our church, that's not convincing that you would be compelled by the Spirit. I know it's happening too. I've already talked to some. God is compelling, because listen, listen, in our crazy times, we got nothing. Apart from Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. This is when prayer becomes then everything. I'm praying about prayer. I encourage you to do that. And when it starts to be answered, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. We're all of a sudden like, wow, I wanna pray. I wanna pray. I wanna grab my wife's hand. I wanna I want to get on my knees. I wanna get by myself. I wanna seek the Lord. It's, it's awesome.
2: Thanks for listening to Live in the Light today. If you'd like to hear this message again or any messages in this series, visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. Or you can contact us by mail. Our mailing address in Canada is 500 Great Lakes Boulevard, Oakville, Ontario, L6L 6X9. Live in the Light exists to see radical transformation in God's people through the revelation of God's truth. We believe that through the faithful and passionate preaching of God's Word, disciples will be made and the church will be strengthened. Our prayer is as people are impacted by Live in the Light, they will be renewed in mind, reinforced in faith, and resolved in will to live in Jesus Christ. That's all for today. Join us next time at Live in the Light.